Hey, it's your host, Mark Santiago. I'm excited to introduce you to the next level of this podcast, Empowered AF 2.0. 2.0. In this next stage of Empowered AF, we're going to dive deeper into what it means to be an empowered man in his most advanced form. I'm talking healthy communication, healthy lifestyle, both physically and emotionally, and evolving into the man you've always wanted to be. So stick around and join me in this episode of Empowered AF 2.0. Hey, so if you're in marriage counseling, you're trying everything to win your marriage back, you're just trying to figure stuff out, and nothing seems to be working, you're doing probably the wrong thing. So that's why I created my five-day challenge for men just like you who are on the cusp of separation or divorce. You're trying to figure stuff out. You don't know what to do. So look, in this five-day challenge, I'm going to help you gain clarity on what you need to be doing. I'm going to help you understand the pain that you're in and what you need to be doing about it, how to fix that. All of this in five days for just five bucks. That's right. Five-day challenge five bucks. That's it. Get in. Do it now. Don't wait any longer. Get in right now. Do the work. It's easy. Every day you're going to get assignments. Every day you're going to get an action step to take so that you're moving forward and you're going to stop the paralysis that you're in right now where you don't know what to do. You're stuck. All that other stuff. It comes to an end today. Jump in right now. Five bucks. That's all it costs. Jump in today. Let's see on the other side. What's up, guys? Let's talk about ownership this morning or this afternoon whenever you're listening to uh, Empowered AF. So look, all of us have to own our shit. And I would say that this is the dominant belief that a man has to have before he can actually do the work he needs to do in order to be fully successful in life, period. I got a lot of guys on here that are listening because they want to learn how to restore their marriage. They want to learn how to save their marriage. They want to learn how to get their shit, their balls back, their power back, all of those things. And what I find it interesting is when men take the moral high ground and say, well, I wasn't as bad as my wife. And so therefore I don't really need to own anything. Or they say, well, I've owned some things or I've owned what I'm supposed to do. And I, and I, and I asked them, I said, well, what did you own? Well, you know, I owned that one time I yelled at her or I owned that I wasn't always the best husband or I owned that I was, you know, whatever. I'm like, bro, that's that's not ownership. Ownership is a lifestyle. And that's why we're in uh, episode three now of the lifestyle of ownership of, uh, you know, AF 2.0 here. And we've got a series of, I believe we're gonna do five of these. And this is a reminder to you that ownership is a lifestyle. It's something you do every fucking day. It's something you do in every dimension of your life. And ownership is extreme. There's a great book by Jocko Willink um, called Extreme Ownership. And a lot of my philosophy around ownership has come from that. And it was a military point of view that really helped me understand that if I take high levels of ownership, I can be a good leader. And that's my mission. That's my motivation is I want to be a leader in every dimension of my life. I don't want to sit back and wait for other people to do stuff. For example, I signed my son up for baseball a couple of weeks ago and they sent out, uh, you know, the team information, but apparently we had no coach. Now, most parents just bitch and complain. We don't have a coach. Who's going to do it? We don't have practice fields. Who's going to do it? And so I said, you know what? As a guy who believes in ownership, and even though I'm running, uh, you know, a really successful company and I've got a lot on my plate, I don't really have time, quote unquote, to do this. I'm going to step up and I'm going to own my shit with, with this team. And I'm going to say, you know what? Hey guys, I raised my hand. I said, I'll be the coach. 
I'll help coach this team. Um, I'll help get together what it is that we need to do. And so my wife and I got together and started finding practice fields and doing those things. And, and you know what happens is people complain. People bitch. Well, the time isn't right. Well, the park isn't right. Well, this isn't right. And I'm like, dude, just own your shit. I did. I stepped up to the plate and you didn't do shit. And that's what so many men do is they bitch and complain about what their wives do and how it's never good enough and all these things. They bitch and complain about their job and how it's not good enough. They bitch and complain about their, their car. It's not good enough. Their kids, they're not good enough. Their life, they're not, it's not good enough because they don't want to own their shit. Men, it's time for you to put down the baby talk. It's time for you to stop being a, a wimp. It's time for you to stop being a, a little bitch and start to own your shit. Guys, a lifestyle of ownership isn't just something you do one time. It isn't where you go, well, I'm sorry for what I did. That's not ownership. Ownership is taking complete responsibility for something. I posted something in the Facebook group a couple of weeks ago, and I'm going to do a podcast on it. And I said this thing, I said, there are no such thing as bad marriages, only bad husbands. And oh my gosh, you would have thought that I just said that there's no such thing as God. I mean, men were coming out of the woodwork fighting me on this stance because they were so offended that their marriage was, that failing of their marriage was their responsibility. How dare I question their, their morality and how, how good they've been as a husband and, and, and not understand that their wives cheated on them or their wives were bad and evil bitches. Man, it's time that we own our shit. And when I, when I look at that statement, I'm going to unpack that whole thing for you guys. This is going to be a fun episode. I'm going to unpack that in a couple of weeks. But think about this, is that if you are a man who decides to take responsibility for whatever happens to him, that if you follow our mantra, we say, I am responsible for my wins and my losses, no matter what. That if you're a guy that decides to do that, you're a guy who decides to win. Because men who blame it on other people, men who cannot take responsibility, not for other people's actions, but for the circumstance and where they find themselves, if they can do that, they will win. And until then, you will always struggle. See ya. All right, what's up, guys? What's up? We're in the third installment of Lifestyle Ownership. Again, we are talking about ownership today. In the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about marriage. We've been talking about you as a husband. We've been talking about you as a father. And today, we're going to talk about you as a man. But before I get into you as a man and how you can own your shit as a man, what I want to do is, is just kind of recap real quick about you as a husband. Remember, we talked about this in week one. If you haven't listened to it, go back to listen to two episodes ago. It was called Lifestyle of Ownership, You as a Man. And I specifically talked about communication. I specifically talked about uh, how you communicate with your wife and how you show up in that. Your presence. Uh, what kind of presence do you have in the marriage and in the relationship? And then you as a leader, how you're showing up as a leader. Because all of those things are super important for you and how you own your shit. Remember, ownership has to do with taking responsibility for things, even though you may not be directly responsible as a leader, you are responsible. It's based on the concept from Jocko Willink's book, Extreme Ownership. And uh, I am proud to say that since installing extreme ownership into my life personally, every area, every dimension of my life has increased tenfold. And that's not because, well, to pat myself on the back, 
but it's to take ownership for no matter what happens in my life. Whether I win or lose, I am responsible. It doesn't matter. It's not on she, it's on me, right? That's why we say to you guys, don't hit the she button, hit the me button. And the only way you can do that is by taking extreme responsibility for yourself or your marriage. Uh, I even posted in our Facebook group this past week the concept that there are no such thing as bad marriages, only bad husbands. And that lit some people on fire. Some of you guys got your panties in a wad. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create a, a nice 25-minute podcast episode about that, hopefully in a few weeks, where I'm going to talk about no bad marriages, just bad husbands. And it really stems from this belief and this concept that it is up to me to lead my life, to lead my wife, to lead my children. It doesn't mean I control them or manipulate them, but what it means is that I am responsible ultimately for what happens, good or bad, wins or losses that I own everything. And that's what we're talking about here is this lifestyle of ownership. Last week, we talked about lifestyle of ownership as a father. We talked about how we can ownership there and definitely some areas in my own being a father where I need to step up and own more. One of those things I did, uh, I took over this week was my son's baseball team. Uh, we just signed him up for a new league and there were no volunteers. Nobody had stepped up to be the coach. And I was like, well, I played you know, ball for 10 years. Why not give it a try? Doesn't matter how busy I am. Doesn't matter what I've got going on. By golly, I'm going to fucking do it. And uh, so I owned it and, and I took it on and it's hard. Uh, you know, got to find practice fields, got to, got to email and communicate 15 different parents and everybody's got different schedules and, you know, just every, no one's, no one wants to be on the same page. It seems like sometimes, but that doesn't matter. I owned it and I'm going to continue to own it and I'm going to be challenged in my, in my leadership and it's going to be fun. I'm excited. I'm excited to, to coach these boys. Got practice here as soon as I get off uh, recording this, this episode. But me as a father, how can I own, you know, my shit with my son or my daughter? You know, how can I give them character? How can I, uh, you know, how am I giving them character? What, what character traits am I installing into them? You know, what am I modeling for them? How am I showing up for them? Am I making excuses? You know, one of the things I've got is with one of my kids wants to play with me. doesn't matter what I'm doing as long as it's not life or death and it can wait. I will put that thing down and say, yes, I will come play with you. Even if I don't feel like it, because I want to dictate to them. I want to show them that they are important, that they are valuable to me and that other things aren't as valuable as we think they are. It's easy to get kind of lost in that quagmire of stuff, of work, of busyness and all this shit. And I did it for a long time, especially to my, to my oldest two kids when they were young and how I didn't always show up for them. I wasn't always, uh, always there for them. I, I, I tended to be busy a lot, I tended to find myself in my identity and my self-worth and what I did and not just in who I was as a father. So as we, as we transfer to today, and as we start talking today specifically about us as a man, I, I got to help you understand something and that you as a man, when I, when I talk about you as a man, you know, it's easy to think about you as a husband, you as a father. When I talk about you as a man, what I'm specifically saying is you and your internal world and your external world. There's two different worlds we're looking at here. Your external world is your, your physical body, how you show up physically, uh, what, you, what you do with your body, how you exercise, work out your body, what you put in your body, food, what you put on your body, what you dress. That's your external world. And maybe there's some other things we could go down and talk about later. But essentially, when I talk about your external world, those are the things I'm talking about. The things outside of you that you're either putting in you or that you're working out on you or that you're putting on you. Then when I talk about your internal world, 
What I'm talking about is, is how you show up internally for yourself. What I'm talking about specifically is your, your, your emotions, your spiritual well-being, um, you know, your, your, your emotional life, your uh, mental health, right? All those things are your internal world. And so how you're showing up for yourself is important in both of those capacities. But look, at the end of the day, and you might have heard me say this before, at the end of the day, empowered man's purpose is to help men eradicate loneliness and inauthenticity. That's right. Our purpose, we exist to eradicate loneliness and inauthenticity in man. In man. Is that an achievable purpose? I have no idea. I have no idea. It doesn't matter if it's achievable. That's why I exist. That's why our company exists. That's why we are a business because we want to eradicate loneliness and inauthenticity in man. We found that so many men, so many men feel alone in what they are going through. I can't tell you how many times a guy will jump into a Thrive Program or 30 Day Challenge or Momentum and, and, and he'll go, I, I had no idea that there were this many men going through what I am going through. And when they come to that realization and when they, when they recognize that for themselves for the very first time, it is freedom. And it's like they can go, I don't have all the answers. I don't know everything there's to know, but I know that I am not alone and that is freedom. You think about yourself the first time you recognize maybe an area of your life where you recognize that you were not alone. Maybe you moved to a new city or moved to a new school and you felt alone, but then you finally found friends that helped you feel not alone anymore. Or when you joined a new team or, or you just anything in your life, maybe a new family, right? Something you're going through at work and you, you met someone and that person helped you realize that maybe for you, some of you, it's your wife. When you met your wife, you finally felt like you weren't alone anymore. And now some of that's being taken from you and you don't know what to do with that. So we want to talk about you and your internal world. Specifically, what I want you to think about is your emotions and your feelings and your needs. So many men we talk to really have no idea, number one, what they need, what they need emotionally, what they need physically. They have no idea what they need. So they can't articulate those needs. And if a man can't articulate his needs, he cannot emotionally connect with his wife, with his woman, because she craves that. But if he doesn't know how to articulate that, he doesn't know how to communicate that to her, He's missing something. He's missing something. And that is the emotional connection that happens when a man is vulnerable with his wife. And so I need you to be looking at your, inter your internal world and, and say to yourself, is like, am I articulating what I need? Do I even know what I need? First of all, do I know what I need? And am I articulating those needs in a healthy way to my wife? So many guys... They go, well, I told her what I need. And I was like, well, tell me how you did it. They're like, well, I, you know, said, I, I need you to blah, 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 blah. And, and I'm like, eh, I don't know. If, I don't know if you communicated that properly. And that's because a lot of times we just like grunt at our wives. We don't actually communicate with them. We don't actually have a conversation with them. We just yell, feed me food, give me sex. Right? That's, that's how we deal with our, our communication. And so, Articulation looks like taking the emotion and the feeling and the words and all, all those things and putting it into communicative things like words and putting it in such a way that the person who is on the receiving end of this communication can actually hear what you are saying. And when, when they hear it, they're able to then logically process it and then respond 
hopefully in a healthy way. Now, if you do it correctly, and what I mean by that is if you share from a vulnerable place, most of the time, not all the time, most of the time, your wife will reciprocate. Now, here's the exception to that rule, when she is not a safe place. If you are going through something where like your wife is having an affair, your wife has said she doesn't want to be married to anymore, um, your wife has literally filed for divorce, she is not a safe place. She is not a place for you to share those type of emotions. So next, I want you to think about physically. How are you showing up physically for yourself? It's super important and imperative that we get a hold of our bodies physically. If we aren't working out, if we aren't paying attention to our physical bodies, what do we have to give? What do we have to give people in our life? What I, what I mean by that is that if physically your body is not in a healthy place, it's hard for you to show up emotionally, right? If you feel weak physically, it's very hard for you to show up emotionally. If you think about how men posture themselves, how they carry themselves, right? We actually can feel powerful. You feel powerful when we stand, right? When we are having sex, the power comes from the erection. It comes from our arms, our body, our legs, our butt, right? Like thrusting, all those motions, that is where that power comes from. But if you are so overweight and so out of shape that you can't physically have sex with your wife, I'm not here to judge you because I've been that way. But, but I am here to tell you, you got to wake the fuck up because your physical body plays a role in how you are showing up in the world. Now, I'm not here to shame anyone because I myself have my own issues. But I will say this is that in my own issues, I continuously work on those things. So I don't care what you think of me. I don't care if you think, oh, you're so overweight or you're this or that or whatever. I know what I'm doing on a daily basis. I know where, where I'm at on my plan, in my trajectory, in my path, and it's my journey, and I'm living that journey. But my encouragement to you and the encouragement I have to myself is to continuously become the person I want to become. And the person I want to become has nothing to do with chiseled abs, has everything to do with a man that has passion in his belly, that has fire in his bones, that has the agility and the ability to show up for his kids, to go practice baseball or to, to you know, ride his bike with his kids or to, to do whatever, to have energy and go full force nine to five and then afterwards hang out with his kids and do what he's got to do or be with his wife or go, go live an adventure, go hunting, go doing whatever those things are because he's got, he's got physical uh, things that he's done, that he's doing for himself. And so when I, when I think about your external body and like, what am I doing for myself in, in the gym? Am I, taking myself, uh, am I taking care of myself physically? Am I showing up that way? Because if you're not owning that, guys, if you're not owning yourself physically and what you're putting in your body, you're decreasing the amount of life you have to give. And so for me, ownership for me looks like finally a year and a half ago going, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm not going to diet. I'm not going to, you know, I'm, what I'm going to do is find something that works for me in a way that I can add 20, 30, 40 years to my life. So it's, it's not about just like losing weight. It's not about even just getting stronger. It's about having energy for the rest of my life. It's about adding years and decades to the rest of my life by becoming healthy. Where at one point I was pre-diabetic, I'm no longer. I've become healthy enough to where I'm no longer in, uh, in necessary of those things. 
they were holding me back before because of my food, because of the stuff. And in, and in my family history, that is a thing that I have to be concerned about. And I, and I lay this out vulnerably for you because I'm not here coming from a place of judgment. So many times we hear this from these fitness gurus. These guys are like super in shape. And they're like, yeah, man, you got to get in the gym and all this stuff. I'm like, bro, just, just go and spend time on your body. Go hike, go take yoga class, go do whatever, go do something for yourself three times a week, five times a week, whatever it is, get the ball rolling. You don't have to be perfect overnight. You don't have to be this physical specimen of ripped, you know, whatever. And I'm sure I'm going to hear emails and texts from guys. Who, maybe some guys will like, oh, you know, send them to me because I'll, I'll rip them up or whatever, like these fitness coaches that follow me. And then other guys are going to be like, you know, stop fat shaming or whatever. There's nothing wrong with this. I don't give a fuck, right? What I care about is you being healthy and how you are showing up. And a lifestyle ownership, this is part of it, is owning yourself physically, externally, what you're putting in your body, what you're putting on your body. And then the final piece of that is what kind of fun, what kind of adventure are you having, right? Are you living a life that's just boring, that's just going to a job, that's just crying every day after work because maybe your marriage is over or whatever? Or are you actually finding things fun to do because you decide you want to live every single day for the rest of your life. So many men are so lost and caught up in their pain, or they're so lost in numbing their pain that they're not living their life. Men, you need fun. You need adventure. You need to be able to get out of your hole that you're in and go enjoy life. You are not guaranteed tomorrow at all. You're not. And what point is there to life if you don't have fun? I don't care if you're the most successful guy in the world. You make millions, billions, trillions of dollars. If you're not having fun, it's all vanity. It's literally all vanity. And so ownership in this area looks like having fun for yourself, having self-care for yourself, giving yourself time to recover from work, having hobbies. For me, it's travel. It's going to sporting games like the basketball games or NFL games, hanging out with my friends, uh, going to karaoke bars or whatever, just doing things like that that get me out of just work and get me into a frame of mind of there's more to life than just work. I love work. I, I love work. I love building things. It's, it's what I am. It's an entrepreneur. It's what I do. But at the end of the day, it's not who I am. Who I am is a man who loves to build and loves to work, but I'm also a father I'm also a husband. I'm also a producer. I'm also a leader. I'm a man. And I want to enjoy my time on this earth because I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. I have no idea when will my last day be, when the last breath I will take. And so I want to live life to its fullest. The question is, are you doing that, sir? Are you living life to your fullest? Are you owning yourself as a man? Are you coming to the table every single day and saying, I'm going to lay everything on the line. Internally, I'm going to make sure that my mind is right that my heart is right, that my emotions are in a good place. Externally, I'm going to make sure that my body is right, that I'm going to put good fuel inside of my body, that I'm going to take care of myself, and that I'm going to own my shit there. And am I having fun? Am I enjoying this life? Because you as a man is separate from you as a husband, you as a father, you as a leader, you as a producer. None of that matters when we look at just you as a man. Because at the end of the day, when all is stripped away and there's, there's no one left, it's just you naked, are you okay with that person? Are you okay with that man looking in the mirror physically? Are you okay looking in the mirror internally, like emotionally? Are you okay with looking in the mirror and going, man, am I really enjoying life or am I just existing? 
Because if you're just existing, what is the point? What is the fucking point? Here's the thing is that, you know, I, I've heard it said it's like one out of four billion sperm or something like that. And you became the guy. You know, it's pretty amazing for, for a human to be created. And, and so many people get depressed and they get so depressed where they literally take their life and they just stole from God what was created. Like God gave you an opportunity to live a life. I don't care if you believe in who you believe in, the universe, whatever. I look at it as God gave you life and created you an opportunity, gave you an opportunity and created something in you. And, and this is not a religious thing. It's just about you having purpose and finding that purpose and coming alive. Because what the world needs is men who have come alive, not men who are, are cowering down and just living in fear and living in shame and living in guilt, but men who have decided I'm going to, against all odds, achieve the impossible. Empowered man may never have another client again. It doesn't matter. The fact is, is that we stepped out and we said, we're going to help be a part of the solution of eradicating loneliness and inauthenticity in man. And it may sound laughable to some people. And some of you alpha wannabes will try to tear it apart and whatever the fuck you do. And I don't give a fuck. What I care about are those men that are listening to my voice right now. And they say, I want what he has. I want more of that life. I want more of that vitality. That's the man I'm speaking to. If that's you, that's the kind of guy I want to be in, in communion with. That's the kind of guy I want to be what I call fellowship with. And we got plenty of opportunities to connect with us. Our Thrive Program, our 30-Day Challenge, Momentum. EmpoweredMan.co slash group is our Facebook group. Go connect with us in there and start learning about these things. If you're not in our Facebook group or if you haven't had a call with one of our advisors to talk about our, our Thrive Program, Definitely, definitely want to do that. Empoweredman.co slash book. Empoweredman.co slash book, B-O-O-K. And let's get you into a program and into a place where you are doing life again with other men in a healthy way, in a way that where you're able to show up strong and powerful and present, where you're articulating your needs, where you're serving yourself physically, where you're serving yourself emotionally, where you're having fun again, where you're having fun again, where you're living life again instead of just existing. All right, guys, that's it for this week. Remember, next week, we're going to talk about you as a leader. We're going to talk about you as a producer the following week. We're going to talk about how you get to show up as a leader, how you get to own your shit as a leader and own your shit as a producer. I'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Bourbon Moment. Join your host, M. Sizzle, J-Dub, and Mandrew as they sip on some bourbon and spit some truth. Welcome to the Bourbon Moment. I mean, I'm finally on the double dose train. And man, dude, do you ever get the sweats when you do yours? Yeah. Okay, cool. I wasn't sure if that was normal because I was in the bathroom the other day. And man, I did it. And I was sitting there and I was like looking in the mirror and I had to give myself a pep talk. I was like... You're good. I was like, you're good. As I'm like dripping in sweat of like, dude, it could be that could be a scene from a movie too. Because it's so much more challenging. We gotta let our audience know what the fuck you're talking about right now. So they're talking talking about about TRT. TRT, hormone replacement therapy that we all three of us are on from our prescribed by our doctors. It's very legal. Mm -hmm. And they take specifically shots. I do the cream because I'm a pussy. I'm not gonna stick a needle in my ass. So I do cream twice a day. It's great. Thigh, brother. Yeah, wherever your thigh, your ass, it doesn't matter. The fact is, you're sticking yourself with a needle. I'd rather rub cream on my balls. It's way more pleasant every day. Well, you know what, man? 
I actually had a guy in my apartment. He, he was scared to do it. So I said, dude, come on down. I'll do it first. I'll show you how it's done. And then why don't you come on and do it? He's done it. And now he's all fine. And I literally texted Joey today a picture of where I did it on my thigh because he was saying that he's had some soreness where he's been pinning. And I like now I'm, I guess, nine months into it. Like I found that sweet spot for myself, which is like, I guess like, like right on the outside. Yeah. Right on the outside, right in that, like that meat of the quad. So I found that like, I have no blood never like i'm aerating fine every time and it's just boom fine no problem every time see i think i'm gonna try that today because my last time i've only had that response once but it's reassuring to know that that's something that happened yeah because i was sitting there in the shower like looking in the mirror i was like i've never passed out before in my life but i can imagine that's close to what it feels like okay but what what do you say are the benefits of sticking yourself versus the cream is it because you only have to do it once a week? Like, what, what are your thoughts on that? Twice a week? My thoughts, uh, twice a week for like the specific dose that we're both on. So going intramuscular versus using the cream. Um, the, the cream, I don't remember what the word is, but it's not subcutaneous. Um, but going intramuscular, the body shuttles it into your bloodstream faster. And the faster it gets shuttled into your bloodstream, the greater the benefits are. Since I've been on it, I've seen a better overall experience with my mood, my sleep. Um, my recovery is getting better, but I'm also training a lot harder. And the byproduct of that is the aesthetic side, but I'm not seeing that as much. I mean, it's easy for me to get fairly lean, but as far as like the quality of sleep and the cognitive process, I think those have been like the two biggest ones because I mean, sleep affects so many things. And the days that I get better sleep, like currently my low days were in the past, my high days. Like I was averaging like 68s. And for people that don't know what that is, this is based off an aura ring. Um, my average was like 68 for sleep. And I was getting like 20 minutes of deep sleep and like no REM. And now I'm getting like an hour and a half of deep sleep, two hours of REM and like some optimal scores. Like I think I've gotten three three out of seven scores in the last week were optimal. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we, and, and I know you're going to go into the growth hormones and the peptides mm-hmm. soon, right? Like that's what our doctors are saying. We, Joey and I use the same guy mm-hmm. and the peptides even send it further. Mm-hmm. Right. So obviously t- testosterone is extremely key. The DHEA is extremely key. But when you go into muscular, right, it gets right into your bloodstream. Like it, your muscle just sends it there because it wants to repair that muscle that you just shot it into. Mm-hmm. Where the cream, it takes time to secrete through the skin and then into your bloodstream. So it's just a faster, more direct injection for the testosterone. Now, everything else is subcutaneous, which is fat. So like the needles are only like this big. They don't hurt. I go right into my obliques, like right into that fat region. And man, the peptides, if you're doing tests and you feel good on tests, wait until you get to the peptides because the peptides like i tore my groin right you guys saw the pictures my groin was nasty i literally tore it right off the pelvic bone it is repaired boom because of the peptides yeah yeah see i haven't gotten on that yet because i i appreciate you sharing that because i'm intrigued by it but my thing is i want to do one thing and get as far as i can with that before i add anything because i have the ideology that if i do all of these things like what comes next. Right. 
And like, I would rather do less is more. I'm intrigued by a lot of the things that they shared with me. Um, but I want to see how far I'll get with the tea, just the raw tea, considering like just from the previous company I was using, I'm not going to mention them here, but I'm doing a juicy YouTube video when I share my whole experience about it. Cause it was horrible. Like the company that I was working with compared to the company I'm with now, um, and what we plan on doing as well in the very near future or future, um, dropping that as an anecdote, we can reference that later on. Um, just the quality of life, like and the ability to feel better with not doing as many things. Granted, I'm not going to lie. It is challenging to go intramuscular. Like for me personally, it is. And it's not the concept of like pinning. It's more, I think it's more of a mindset type thing. Just because I've seen so many people that were close to me in the past use that type of method for the wrong reasons. Cause I have a lot of friends that were professional in like the bodybuilding realm, man, I used to see these guys blast and cruise. And what that means is like, they basically stay on like a heavy dosage. Yeah. Like the dosage that we have isn't heavy enough to have that side effect, but there's, I mean, I was seeing them do like three or four, like needles full yeah. of like different things. Yeah. I mean, Tests for like us, right? Like the TRT levels to basically get us back to where mm -hmm. like a test level of like 750, 800, 900, somewhere in that range, right? Full test. Yeah. And if it I'm goes double over, that. <laughs> yeah, dude, Mark's is fucking. I know he is. Super I'm 1500, high. baby. Mark's just like. But, <sighs> so like, you know, even like if I go do a competition for powerlifting, I'm going to test hard. Because they're, what they're looking for is anywhere between 1,500 and above because that's where true performance mm -hmm. is happening, right? Bodybuilders are looking for anywhere for, I think, I believe 2,000, 3,000. And mm -hmm. that's, that's nuts, man. You, you actually have the adverse reaction. Mm -hmm. You don't feel that good. Your mm -hmm. testosterone is too high, so your estrogen levels go through the roof because your body, when it has too much testosterone, turns into estrogen. Mm -hmm. So all those things start happening, and it's just like, well, why do you do it to yourself to have those big, huge muscles? But then exactly what you're filling it with is killing it at the same time. So you have all those estrogen blockers and everything else, you know, like D-ball and all that type of stuff. Thanks for joining us on the Bourbon Moment. This is your host, M. Sizzle. I've got Mandrew and I got J-Dub. And we are out. We'll see you next week. Okay, it's Q&A time. I got a question here from Scott Dye. Scott asks, it seems being emotional can be good and bad. At what point is being emotional not okay? Women claim they want emotion, but when you show too much, it seems to push them away. It's a double standard. Well, Scott, I don't think that it's a double standard. I think what it is is it comes back to the type of emotion that you are expressing. So if you're expressing clingy emotions, if you're expressing all the manipulative type emotions, then of course your wife or your girlfriend or whatever is going to think this guy's way too emotional. What they're looking for is rooted and secure love. Rooted and secure love equals healthy emotions. So those healthy emotions look like, wow, babe, what, what's going on? How, how are you feeling? What can I do for you? How can I serve you? How do you need me to support you today? Like the emotion they're looking for is empathy. Empathy, empathy, empathy comes from being able to put yourself in someone else's shoes, which you can't do if your ego is too big. 
So a lot of times your, your ego gets in the way. And so then what you do is you start to cling and you start to manipulate and you start to question and ask why all these things. Right. And so she's like, dude, you're too emotional and you're crying and you're just like, Oh my gosh, that's the unhealthy emotions that she's talking about. What they're looking for is for you to be secure enough in your manhood to show emotion and say, this hurts. I hurt right. I'm hurting right now, but I'm going to be here and I'm going to, I'm going to work through this. I'm going to be strong. I would love to do this with you, but if you decide you don't want to be with me together, it's going to suck and I'll, I'll deal with it emotionally. I'll, I'll get healthy. I'll get help. I'll talk to a therapist, whatever. But that's how you do it is you show up in a stronger way in a stronger frame than just, Oh my gosh, my world is ending and you're my everything and you're my happiness and blah, 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 blah. Hey, bro, that's just beta male bullshit. That's not what they're looking for. They, they want to know that you hurt but without it being all their fault and blaming it on them and all this stuff. So use empathy and that will take you a lot further along than if you were to just be a, be a mess, right? Being a mess in front of her when she's not a safe place is another dangerous part. It's another thing I see with guys is they go, they just fall apart emotionally and they're just crying and all this stuff. And how could you do this to me? And she's no longer your safe place. When a girl breaks up with you or a wife wants to leave you, she's not your safe place anymore. So you showing that kind of emotion to her makes you look weak. And it's because it feels manipulative. It feels like you're trying to do it to win her back. She's not thinking about it from a perspective of you're just hurt. That's how she's processing it. So if I were you, I'd focus on empathy. I'd focus on uh, learning how to understand your feelings, like what you're going through and how you can articulate better and go from there. Hope that helps, Scott. Hey, thanks again for joining us on this episode of Empowered AF 2.0. If you're new here, thanks for checking out this episode. And I encourage you to take a visit back to the first episodes in this podcast. Look, we have over 50 episodes on the foundations of how to be an empowered man. I'm talking about in your relationship with your wife, your kids, your work, your boss, whoever and whomever. And I highly suggest you take some time to listen and gain some insight and knowledge from those episodes. And hey, if you want to connect with me deeper, be sure to check out the Empowered Man group. That's empoweredman.co slash group empoweredman.co slash group for latest information and to join our group of other men who are wanting to be empowered just like you. Until then, this is Mark signing off, Empowered AF 2.0.